Welcome to People's Church radio program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com. Uh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day tomorrow, and uh, I'm not sure what all that means, but I guess it's an enhancement on love, and we're going to talk about taking back love in your relational world today. And we started off with a little bit of fun for you, because you're going to need it when you hear what I want to say to you today. <clears throat> Just imagine for a minute being a prophet of God, speaking God's word to God's people, and a lot of it not great news. It's at a time when they are actually, the nation of Israel is really, really jumping from this God to this God, and really, really not good stuff, and have rejected the real worship of the one true God. And a guy by by the name of Hosea is the prophet of the day. And God tells him and gives him instruction. Now imagine growing up like any young man, in his case, young woman, maybe in many of your cases, with the dreams of a relationship where love will flourish, where you're going to have the kind of uh, family that you hope. You've just got love kind of planned out. It's just planned out. And whenever you get love too tightly planned out, what do you know? It's too tightly planned. It won't fit the reality, it won't fit the challenge, and it won't fit anybody else on this planet. But Hosea gets the most interesting instruction from God. Read in the beginning of his book, which is 12 chapters long. You can read it on your own. So in this beginning of this particular book, God gives Hosea instructions and he says, I know you got all these dreams for a great relationship. I know you got all these dreams for great romance and building a family and living together and rocking on your rocking chairs in the, you know, on the porch when you are going to be aged. I know you got this dream, but I want you, and I'm about to help you get it done. I want you to go marry a prostitute. Told him, go and find a streetwalker. I want you to marry her. That's who you are going to fulfill the dream with. I want to teach something about love. His starting point was obviously with brokenness in an area of life that is so precious to oneness into a relationship. So he does. He goes out, he finds a a girl named Gomer. He marries her, takes her home, makes her his wife. She bears a couple of children. But her ways continue. They kick in. And she goes on to other men. She acts unfaithfully in marriage and does it over and over again. And each time, here's what God's instruction was. Go get her. Go bring her back home. Go bring her back home. You see, the Lord is, and then he spends a lot of the book of Hosea explaining that this is exactly what Israel is doing with me. They're breaking my heart. They are absolutely working at every which way to destroy a relationship. And they will build no relationship with me. Imagine being in that situation. You're actually told to go do it. So Hosea's heart goes through what God's heart has always gone through. 
You're going to learn some great things about love today. But you're going to learn about a love that actually works and a love that can be so deep and a love that can go so vastly further than you can take it itself. But there's a few things you have to come to grips with in your life. One is that you cannot pre-plan out your love world and have it go exactly the way that you want it to go. That is one area of life you'll learn very quickly. It's never going to unpackage exactly the way you thought it would. Oh my, you know, we're going to build the home. And it's, it, is like, it is like a young couple getting married and they think they'll never fight. It is like somebody who thinks that they can control the dynamics of life to such a degree that they can eradicate pain from their relationship and they will never have to face pain or cause pain that will be so devastating to the other person. Not a great, can we say, plan. Let me read just one verse right now out of Hosea, chapter 10, actually verse 12 and 13. And here's what the Lord says after putting Hosea through all of this. He's teaching on relationship now. Relationship between him and you, him and Israel, him and me. He is teaching relational love here. And he says, sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap faithful love. Break up your unplanted ground. For it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped depravity. You have eaten the fruit of lie. He is basically going, and he, ta- he puts a few words together. He puts the word righteousness and the word love. And we find it in the message version. It goes this way. Ephraim was a trained heifer that loved to thresh, passing by and seeing her strong, sleek neck. I wanted to harness Ephraim, which is Israel, another name for Israel. Put Ephraim to work in the fields. Judah plowing, Jacob harrowing. Look at these two words. Sow righteousness, reap love. Those two words together. Sow righteousness, Reap love. It's time to till the ready earth. It's time to dig in with God until he arrives with righteousness ripe for harvest. But instead, you plowed wicked ways, reaped their crop of evil, and ate a salad of lies. When God teaches about love, he doesn't teach about love without uh, bringing to our attention the flaws of our own nature. Even the way that that nature controls how we operate with God. And he puts two words together that we fail at both. Righteousness and love. Another scripture is Isaiah 54, 8, talking about love. In a surge of anger, God is speaking, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you says the Lord, your Redeemer. Redeemer means to buy back. By the way, that's what Hosea had to do. He actually, actually had to buy her back from a slave market. He actually had to buy her back as his wife. Like she had gone off, ended up a slave, bought her back. Just what Jesus has done. John fifteen twelve says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. Now we're broadening out just beyond marriage. Now we're just broadening out to your relational world. To love other people, to love each other as Christians, 
in the same way that I have loved you. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, the great love chapter, Paul put it this way, love never stops being patient. It never stops believing. It never stops hoping. It never gives up. Those are all just on their own. Just impossibilities. Never stops being patient. Never stops believing. Never stops hoping. Never gives up. More or less, the ability to love is beyond your human nature. If it's just your nature, if that's what you're going to lean on, if that's what you're going to lean into, to accomplish the kind of love that makes life the richest, the fullest, the best, you're going to have to find the source for that love outside of your nature. So where do we start here with this whole thing? Well, the first way to start approaching love is to find out what you can control. Because there's a lot of things about love that you can't control. You can't control another person's response. You can't control their thoughts. You can't control their actions. And if you think you can for a season, or if you do that for a season, it won't be long. And then the resentments, the angers, the pushback will come. The walls will be in place. And you will be in a major issue and major problem. So you have to start with what can I control? Well, love, although the feelings are huge in that song even that we just heard, the Motown tune, but they can't keep those words. Nothing will keep me from you. Actually, here's what can keep me from you. I can keep me from you. I have control of my thoughts. I control my life by controlling my thoughts. Now we're going to watch a little video clip just to be self-explanatory about choice and thoughts and how we can, by our own thoughts, get ourselves stuck and not be able to think outside of the circumstances and the hopelessness that we feel in moments. There's some of you where pain right now is controlling your thoughts in such a way that you can't think beyond or outside of that pain. You can't seem to develop another track of thought because of the pain. We get stuck all the time in life in our thinking. Pain can stick us. It can just get us caught up. We can't take another step. Hopelessness kicks in. We've tried this before. We've done it. It can keep us from taking another step. All of that gives you, is just a testament that you have the ability to make the choice to control your life by controlling your thought. A lot of times we're looking for everything else to power you up to the top. And we forget other options. And we just get frozen in our thinking, in our minds, that there's just no other options here. When you are in a situation where you're stuck relationally, whether that's friendship, marriage, or whatever the case might be, and you think there's no other options, you're on an escalator, and you're waiting for the power to kick in from somewhere else. And God put it within your will and your choice and said, take a step, come on. Climb to the top. When it comes to our relational world, you have very much control over 
what you're putting in, which has a huge impact on the outcomes. Look at Proverbs 4.23. Be careful what you think because your thoughts, notice this word, run your life. They run your life. So let me just do a little bit of a, a little bit inventory here for you. Let's start in the positive side of the equation. What thoughts in your relationships of friendship or marriage, what thoughts right now really cause it to thrive that, that, that you think? What you think about yourself or you think about them, what thoughts are really feeding into that thriving of that relationship? You might be thinking, man, I'm just the luckiest man in the whole world. You might be thinking, boy, you know, this has turned out way better than I thought. I thought he was a jerk, but he's really quite nice. It might be, you know, this is something that I never expected. This is something from them I see layers I never saw before. It's really great. You have thinking and thoughts that feed a relationship to the good. And then you have other thoughts that don't. That thinking is the thinking that can get you absolutely stuck. Because what you think runs your life. Whatever's going on in here runs your life. And when you're allowing thoughts that are not good relationally, what's her problem? I mean, really, what is her problem? So what if I'm out, you know, five nights a week playing whatever and doing whatever? What's she got a beef with? She's got a bad attitude. What's wrong with her? When is he ever going to get the message? When is he ever going to hear what I'm really saying? When is he going to get beyond just the words into the depth of something? Those kind of thoughts are the kind of thoughts that cause you not to be in touch or connected to the real person or the possibilities or the potentials. You're stuck and you're not able to take the next step by your own thinking. Those people were trapped on that escalator not by an escalator but by their own thinking. And when it comes to relationships, it is hard to think outside our pain. It is hard to think outside our disappointment. It is hard to think outside the, the things that have discouraged us, maybe even for years. It is hard for us to think outside because a certain ruts of thinking have now emerged and, they go, and we go to them all of the time and pretty soon they become the whole kind of, can we say, feeding of the relationship. And nothing can go forward. Because we are truly stuck. But we think we're stuck because the other person won't change. But we're really stuck because our thoughts won't change. Whatever the other person does, you can't control. Whatever you think, you can. And if you control it in the, per, in the correct way, if you become God-oriented in your thought. Can you imagine Hosea? So he does what God says. He marries his prostitute. They have a couple children. Uh, one, one they name sort of like no hope, no mercy kind of a thing. I mean, this was, this was sort of like a really negative thing. And she ends up practicing, you know, uh, unfaithfulness in the marriage over and over again. And he is 
counseled and told by God, you got to go bring her back. You've got to be open. You've got to take her back. What kind of stress did that put on his heart? What kind of things did he have to pay attention to? If he got stuck in a rut of thinking, if he only thought one way, can you imagine if God only thought one way? He says, I got angry for a time. More he's saying, I got angry about Israel up and down. And these, these people, I mean, they, were, they would choose these little gods made of wood and they would choose gods made of stone and, and, they, and they would even sacrifice their children to these gods made of wood and stone. And he's saying, I am sick and tired of it. But then his thought would always return to, but I love them. But, I love, but I'm sick and tired of it, but I love them. That's a hard place to be. I'm sick and tired of it, but I love them. We tend to go to the other track, which I'm really sick and tired of it, so that if they change, then. The thing that will hurt you long term is that you won't change your thinking. Because no matter what happens with that area of relationship for you, no matter what happens, you carry you into the next one. Did you know that divorce right now is around 47%? Did you know that uh, for the second marriages, it's 60, I think, 63 or 66. For third marriages, 71. I mean, there's a message in that, isn't there? There's a message that certain types of thinking take us down these ruts and then we just revisit them. We get in the same situation because you didn't change who you carried over. You got to carry yourself over differently into what life has for you. You can't control another person's choices and outcomes, but you can always be in a place where you're not stuck in a rut on an escalator, depowered in a situation where God says, oh man, I'm sick and tired of this too, but I love them. And so he always would return to the kindness and the draw and call them to confession and repentance and get deep with God. Get rid of this thinking and get right with God. You can control your thoughts. And if you can control your thoughts, you can control your life because your thoughts run your life. Another thing to take into mind on this is that change in my life anywhere, maybe especially in relationships though, change in my life starts in my mind. It starts right with your thinking. Look at Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's basically saying, you know, when you become a Christian, you got all kinds of ruts. You got ruts about thinking about money this way, and you got ruts about thinking about your honey this way, and you got ruts about thinking about your goals this way, and you got ruts about your dreams this way. You got all these ruts. You need to be renewed. There needs to be a transformation in a renewing of your mind. He's saying this is how you don't conform to the pattern of the world. This is how you don't conform your relationship to the pattern of the world, which is until the pain and disappointments get so much and the disconnection so far that we just lost each other. You may lose each other, but you must not lose yourself. 
And if you don't lose yourself, you do that because you go through a proper transformation with God at the center of that that keeps you on track with his thinking no matter what the choices of the other person. Then he says in that scripture, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to live the best life, which is God's life for you? You want to have the best relationships, which is God's way of doing relationships. You have to have this change that starts in your mind. You have to have a transformation of the, and the renewing of your mind because all the ruts that you got, whether it's from being raised a certain way or are all choices of your own, it really doesn't matter the sourcing. The fact is, those ruts need to be transformed. They need to be renewed. And it starts in your thinking. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the beginning of that which is true. There is no other source of truth. Biblical truth is God's word to us. And he tells us that we need this truth in our lives so that we can have our minds renewed. Here's another scripture in Matthew 5, 8. You are blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart, put right. You know what blessed means? It means you're you're happy. You're fulfilled. You've you've got this deep sense of life and joy. You've got this. When do you have it? When you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Transformed. Changed. You see, the problem is that when we go through pain, we let pain dictate to us our thoughts and that's the only source of thoughts. And pain has a great distortion available uh, ability in life. Pain can distort all kinds of thinking for you. The pain of getting stuck on any escalator can be way distorted. That kind of distortion in our life is the distortion that keeps us from being blessed with full lives, with that which is the best joy and the best wine of life. He says you have to have your mind and heart put right. Who does that? You do. You make the choice, God brings the power. Then you can see God in the outside world. Okay, let's apply that to a home. Let's put a husband and wife, and let's have them in a disconnected state. It's been building for some time. They're in a place where they're not really connecting anymore. Let's just put them into this kind of scenario. And they all, when they look at the outside world, they don't see God. All they see in the outside world is how this person is or is not, what they are doing or what they are not doing. And they're totally focused only on that escalator's not moving up. He says... You can only see God in the outside world when you get your mind and heart put right on the inside world. So where does change begin? In the outside world for that couple where they sit and they glare at each other across the room or if that person's in that room, they go to another room or he finds his place downstairs in the den and she finds her place upstairs. I mean, where do they find change? That's the outside world. 
They don't want to go to where change really begins, but it really begins on their inside world. And why I know they don't want to go there is because all the excuses are always the same. It's always the same. But you don't know what they did. You don't know how they are. You don't know. It's all outside world observation. So I don't want to go inside world because, frankly, in the outside picture, I can justify my actions and I can justify my pain and I can justify being stuck on this escalator and not having to take the risk or be vulnerable or to do something that just might change it that might heal the gomers of life. You are blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world. Another thing about thinking is this. My feelings are changed by my thinking. How you feel is going to tie right back into your thinking. So any time that you have a certain thinking that's healthy, it's whole, it's a righteous thing, you're in a position where you can actually have feelings that come out of that that are good. See, a lot of people try to change their feelings rather than their thinking. So they put it all on the other. If that person would change, then I would feel different. They've got to make me feel different. They have to make you feel different. Your feelings are actually controlled by your own thinking. And so your thinking is the primary thing in this. No matter where you've been in the relational world, you're at square one today. You're in relationships or moving towards them or moving away from them, but you're somewhere in the relational world at square one today. So no matter where you've been, learn the lesson. Let's park it today on what you have control of and you can get a hold of feelings by getting a hold of your thinking and started to change your feeling or your feelings because you change your thinking and you start working the inside world and let God look after the outside world and I'll look I'll see God in the outside world then Psalm 42:6 says my soul is downcast within me therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan the heights of Hermon from Mount Mazar What's he saying? He's saying, I will remember you. I'm down. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. My soul is just crunched right now. But I will remember you, Lord, from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, which is the mountain in northern Israel that that gets snow on it. None of that, it melts, and that's the Jordan River flow largely. And it just brings life to the land. And 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 it's just saying, I remember you from this land of bounty and where it's lush, and I remember you. My thoughts go towards you. You know, you can't love very well in this world through everything that's going to come at you. You can't plan and eradicate challenge and pain out of love. But what you can do is prepare your heart for it and let your heart love be built on something bigger than just the outside experiences with another person. It can be built with an inside experience with a wonderful God. A God that brings freshness and water in the midst of deserts. A God that fully understands the pain and fully gets it. 
When your soul is at its worst, that's when you can actually see God at his best in your life. Jonah 2.7 says, as my life was slipping away, he's talking about when he's in the belly of this great fish. I remembered the Lord. He's saying, I couldn't go any lower. Really couldn't. I mean, he's in, the, he's in the sea in the belly of a great fish at the bottom of the sea, it says. It says he's at the bottom in the, of the mountains of the sea. So, I mean, he's, he's down in the real dark zone, as dark as it could possibly get. He can't get lower. I know you felt that. I know that you've gone through that. I know what I have felt through the years in times. I know some of the, the, the jungles we all have to push through. And I, and, I, and I get this. I'm not speaking to you from a Pollyanna life of relationship. I get pain in relationship. I get disappointment. I get discouragement. I get when the soul's got nothing left in it. I got it. And here's Jonah at the very bottom. His life, he sees us slipping away. And then he says, I remembered the Lord. Well, that word remembered is, I changed my thinking. I didn't just let the pain be in charge. I changed it. I remembered something else besides what my circumstances that were so dark saying to me. I, I, I remembered something different. I remembered the Lord. That's why he put Hosea through all this, you see. God did. To teach you about how he feels, the pain that your sin in your, your actions and your choices cause him and your unfaithfulness to him, how the pain it causes him. But he, he wants you to see that, but he continuously goes and he just brings you back. He's just always bringing you back. And when Jonah, who is running from God, is brought disrepute against the name of God, is acting in a way that is completely self-centered, is finally at his very bottom. He remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Here's the thing about God that's so absolutely amazing. When you remember him in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of the heavy water, in the midst of the disappointments, in the midst of the long-term journey, when you remember God in the midst of that, He'll be there. He'll come. He'll bring what you need. He'll do it. So you could say that it goes like this. How you think is going to determine how you feel and then it's going to determine how you act. When those two things come together... Here's, if we take think out, we just say, how you feel is how you act. Ooh, how devastating would that be for any relational world? How many friendships are busted up because it's how I feel is how I act. There's no governor of truth. There's no governor of inside work. So you can see God on the outside. There's none of that going on. I feel I act. You will destroy every relational uh, journey that you've got. You will bring destruction. It may come quick. It may take all your lifetime, but you are destroying your relational world. You feel you act is a horrible way to do life. No, it's, I think. I remember the Lord. I think. 
I know how he loves me. I know how he forgives me. I know what he does for me. I know how he loves. I see how he loves. I see how he loves people. I don't, how can I love like that? You can't. But you can turn your thoughts to God and you can make his thoughts your thoughts and then through that you can look for Jesus to love in and through you in ways that will absolutely shock you what you can forgive what you will let go of the next step that you will take simply because of Jesus and his thinking in your life because as a man thinks in his heart so is he Imagine the thoughts. First thoughts are, I hate them. I hate them. Hosea saying, I hate her. Let's see, he just parks out on that thought. No other competing or challenging thought comes in. She's a whore. She's, a, she's just constantly unfaithful. She is one that is a user. She constantly, she is demeaning me in the public square. She is causing me great harm in my business. She is a major, major evil person. Imagine that. That's the only thought. No other competing thought. And then God says to him, Hosea, now think like me. You're right about her if you want to stay with that thought but you're wrong about her too but you're more wrong about me Jose you see you may be right about her but you're wrong about me now go get her go get him go get him How can I go get him? I hate her. Change your thought. Acknowledge your anger. Acknowledge the pain. But don't let it be the thing that leads your life. Get the thoughts that I have for you. I still love her. And it's just like Israel who causes me pain every day as they sacrifice their children to gods that are not gods. But I keep coming to get them. Oh man, the love of God. You have to change your thinking though. It has to be renewed. Remember, transformed. Because you have ruts. You have ruts. And the world wants to reinforce those ruts. Here's what you do. This movie says this. This book says this. This psychologist says this. This counselor says this. This expert says this. This is the current thing about what you should do when this happens in a relationship. And then God comes along and says, go get her. You can't control the other person. But you can be the kind of person that really does know how to love at deep levels. You can love deeper than your pain or your pain will set the level of your love. These are hard choices. And that's why it's not out of human nature. This is out of Jesus in your life. 
because he's done this for me my whole life. Nelson, come back. You went down that trail. Nelson, just come back. You're hurting me. Yes, causes me pain. I'm not letting go. Come back. If you want to have a deep love, you want love to grow deeper in your life, you want to take back love in your life, the ruts in your thinking will not get you there. They'll disappoint you every time and they just create the cycles that you all live in. Uh, We all have chosen and we just keep living in these little cycles. And God says, you want a deeper love, here's what it will require. Number one, number one, only one thing today I'm going to throw at you, but this is the deepest thing. Here's what you need the most. Deeper love extends grace. It's Hosea saying, come back. It's not about deserving it, Ernie. It's not coming back. Come back as long as you don't leave again. Come back as long as you never do that again. Come back as long as you change. No, it was in this case with God. It was, he's painting a picture that says, no, you just come back. Now, this is God's love. I get that. And I get that we are not God. But Christ is in our life and he counsels us that we have his life in us and that can change our thinking and our thinking can start to act more like God in things like love. But you will know it because you now are extending grace where you never extended grace before or in a measure that you had not. Grace, whole that's a huge word. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, love never stops being patient. Message version, same one, says, puts up with anything. Next, patiently accepts all things. Is always ready to make allowances. More or less, love is always in the position where it can be renewed and deepened no matter what the actions of the outside world. We do not let that create ruts that we ourselves then will never escape from, will carry into every relational uh, component of our life. It'll break down our trust and trust will never be revisited until we find some perfect world or person that somehow we can control to such a degree that love can happen. If love can only happen by your control of the outside world, then love cannot happen. It happens because of the changes in the inside world. It happens because we make sure that God is able to challenge our ruts. And you may have those ruts challenged for years and need healing in ruts of thinking and change and transformation that goes on for a long time. You may have to work real hard at it. But I will tell you that is what deepens love. Then you can walk into a relationship and extend grace to one another. And where there's disconnection, there's always the internal work in you to Bring that back together. This is not an easy message. This is a message about God and love. How does that ever get easy? It's never going to be easy. I'm only telling you this is the math. Ephesians 4.2 Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. What is making allowance? That's grace. 
making allowance for each other's faults. You say, yeah, but there's got to be a limit on that, isn't there? According to the story of Hosea, no. That doesn't mean you accept it. That's in the sense of saying, oh, it's okay. It just means that you have control of your heart by the love of God, by the, by the beauty of God's word and truth, and it will act according to those things and not the pain and the ruts that are being created on the other side. They will not become your slave master for the rest of your life. Hosea 14, and verse 9, final scripture of the morning says this. If you want to live well, here's the final thing in the whole book of Hosea. I've told you a story to some degree and it's a picture of Israel and God and God's pain over our sin and yet his thoughts towards us still come back to love. How can that be? If you want to live well, make sure you understand all of this. What? What we've just talked about this morning. If you know what's good for you, you'll learn this inside and out. God's paths get you where you want to go. Right living people walk them easily. Wrong living people are always tripping and stumbling. Do you know what right living people are? People that learn to climb escalators that have stopped. Not because they want to. Not because their pain just went away. But because this is a picture of God's love and I can't hit that mark so God I am so leaning into you. Jesus without you, without your thinking this isn't even on the map of possibilities for me. And so today I challenge every one of us. Live deeper in love. Recognize it's about your thinking and that that is the way that God works in our life is to transform our thinking when everything else that has happened in your life wants to own it. And God says, nah, don't conform to this world. You be transformed. You let me change it because the normal way to think is this and I'm telling you that's a rut and you can't go deeper and it's only going to lead you into a higher percentage of failure and failure and failure. I'm telling you, don't do this in friendships. Don't do this in marriage. Don't do this with your kids. Don't do this with your brothers and sisters. Don't do this in the church. Don't do this. Think like I think. Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Would you stand with me, please? Happy Valentine's Day. 
we have as a Christian a God who is love. Resident within our hearts. It's our hearts which struggle with love, not his. So our thoughts and our ruts can be brought to him for transformation. We can read and learn like we did today and say, God, I want that thinking. It's, it's so vulnerable. It's so crazy. It's so backward to everything, everything the world says about what to do with this kind of pain and brokenness by God. I want your way. I want the deeper life. I want the best life. I want to live well. I want to put the best in a life and I want to build in this life. I don't want to be somebody gasping for oxygen the rest of my life. I want a soul that's thriving. I don't want a soul that's, that's shriveled up and losing more and more elasticity as life goes on. I want a soul that's getting fuller as life goes on. A soul that knows how to love better now than I did 10 years ago, than I did 10 months ago, than I did 10 minutes ago. Because it's that kind of love that makes friendships and brother and sister relationships in Christ and brother and sister relationships in families, all the siblings and all of the extended, that's, that's what causes real familial love that doesn't have the ruts and waiting for proof so that we will graciously love them. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that with you? Just come. Just come. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, God's heart calls to you. Your pain that you cause God is severe. Your sins, the Bible says, will find you out. These sins are destructive to you. They will destroy in your life. That is the thing that's robbing you. It's not God. God is calling you. He's entreating you to come. He's a God of love. And he says, you just come. You come and you, you confess that you're sinful, that, that, you're, that, that like, you're like Gomer. And that's why actually Hosea had to confess for the nation. Yes, we are. We're sinful. We chased everything else but you, God. And you say, I'm honest, I'll confess that. I've only chased a God of my own making, not the God who made me. And then, and then you just come to the point where you say, but it's not happening anymore. I'm turning it today, I'm turning it. I received Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who loved me enough to die on a cross for me. Take my sins, pay for my punishment, which was death. And offer me eternal life. And on Valentine's weekend, how can I not quote this verse? For God so loved the world that he sent the best Valentine ever. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes on him shall not perish, be lost in their sins but they will have eternal life. That's love. Oh, so much I could quote on love in the scriptures. You can receive Jesus Christ with a simple little prayer of faith and an honest prayer and an outreach out of your heart towards him today. I'll give you counsel on that as we close in prayer. Christian, this one's for you though. You know it. Get out of the ruts. 
deep in love. Fathers, we bow our heads before you. We want to thank you that no matter the pain that we cause you in our choices and how we practice our living and Lord, at times how we are, can be so inconsistent and that we can be quite unfaithful. Oh God, we are so glad that when we open our hearts afresh and say, oh God, we are sorry. Oh Lord. We just need a fresh dose of just grace for strength and healing in our life. Lord, we just ask for that today. We acknowledge our weaknesses. We acknowledge our unfaithfulness that causes you pain. We acknowledge that, Lord, in this world we cause pain. We acknowledge that we cause each other pain. And in our families we cause pain. We acknowledge, Lord, our imperfection. So that, Lord, we might be relying on the Spirit of God to bring your life into us. Transform our thinking. We want to think like victims or aggressors. Father, change our thinking. Help us to challenge the thoughts which do not serve love in our relationships. And to reinforce the thoughts that do. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, here's a little prayer in the quietness of your own heart you can borrow from me. Father God in heaven, thank you that you love me consistently. You love me, Lord, even by sending your Son to die for me. I receive this divine valentine. I receive this note of your love. I receive the sacrifice of your love for my life, for who I am, for my sin, and for as I am. I receive your grace and mercy. I give you my life. Christ, come into my life. Bring mercy for all of my sins. I give you my life back. And may it be one that grows in love to fulfill these two great commandments. To each day be transformed a little bit more so I can love you a little better and to be transformed a little bit more my thinking that I might love my neighbor a little bit deeper. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to our program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.